Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. Buccaneer fans, welcome back to the No Quarter Given podcast. It is draft week at one buck place. Las Vegas, Nevada this year. Lots of strip on the strip. Probably some strippers. Probably some midgets. <laughs> little people. Whatever the PC word is. Lots of stuff going on in Vegas. Starting Thursday night through Saturday. Welcome to the No Quarter Given Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. Peter Blake's here with me. Yes. Welcome in, Peter Blake. How are you? Doing great after that intro. Awesome, man. But you're exactly right. What what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> Most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Except after those visits to the doctor, you have a bad Vegas weekend. You got to go to the doctor. <laughs> or in the case of if you are Alvin Kamara and at the Pro Bowl and you yes. decide to go out after hours, which by the way, Jason Powers, if you go out after two o'clock, nothing happens good after no. two o'clock in the morning. I get it. It's fun, but you know, when there's contracts and money involved, why even take the chance? And in speaking of Vegas, yeah. you, you'll, you'll know this reference. We're still trying to find out. I think we're celebrating the 20. I think this was the 25th anniversary this year or last year. We're still trying to find out what happened on the strip of who killed Tupac. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, who shot God. Tupac on the strip? Tupac on the strip. Yeah. And then on top of it, uh, 48 years to yesterday. Happy birthday to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I did see that. That was, yeah, I did see that. Yep. Wow. 19, was it 1974 they were awarded the franchise? I believe it was. I think it's got to be 74. 74, 75. Because 74 and 48 would be 22. Yeah, that's yeah. 122. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go to buckpower.com to see that. Yes. Remember, we are part of the buckpower.com podcast network with our venerable uh, founder and creator, Paul Stewart. He's putting out lots of nuggets this week with draft stuff, birthdays. Go to buckpower for all your statistical information concerning the Buccaneers. But we are here this episode to talk draft. The Bucks draft. We're going to talk a little bit just in general about the draft. First of all, with now the advent of the drafts, Peter Blake, mm-hmm. you got the draft coverage on ABC, ESPN, NFL Network. Where do you like to go to watch your draft coverage? You do kind of mix around the dial. I kind of mix around the dial, but it's always been ESPN, either Mel Kuyper Jr. and, uh, of course, Todd McShay. I grew up on those guys, especially Kuyper, more Kuyper than it used to be for me, switch back and forth because Mayock was on there. Eh, Jeremiah yeah. is okay, but uh, no more Mayock, so it's ESPN for me. And then ABC has their their kind of their coverage where they kind of cover the college angle, the college game day angle of kind of the the history of these guys in college and all that stuff. Where the where NFL Network and ESPN are more NFL driven strategies, draft gossip, and all that stuff. You'll you'll hear tons of Mortensen and Schefter and. Uh, Ian, or Ian Rappaport and all those guys breaking stories on trade rumors, you know, character issues. 
Again, character issues are going to be big things in all these drafts, but, you know, hits close to home with the Buccaneers. That's how the Buccaneers got one Warren sat back in the day. Who could forget that draft, right? I mean, Mike Mamula at the time, the Bucs trade out with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. The Bucs are hoping uh, Sapp is still there. To me, he was considered a top five pick. Of course, you know, the rumors come out the night before that he failed multiple drug tests, according to Chris Mortensen. Of course, you learn later on that some of that stuff was BS created by uh, some teams out there. I know for a fact, talking to people in the know, uh, with that being said, he ends up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the rest is history. And of course, during that draft, the Bucks actually trade back up into the first round with the Dallas Cowboys and take none other than who's my favorite player, Mr. Okay. Eric Brooks. Yep. So two Brooks Hall of Famers in one draft. One of the best first round selection classes in the history of the league. Yeah, you have to go all the way back to the 70s with the Pittsburgh Steelers getting three Hall of Famers. I can't, they, the names escape me right now, but uh, you know, anytime you can get Mean like, Joe Green, probably LC Greenwood. And probably uh, Mike Webster probably I was believe that, that other guy. That is correct. I think you're correct about that. Yeah, absolutely. To get those guys in a draft, I mean, that's amazing. And probably the one of the greatest draft moments of TV coverage in the history of the draft involves our Buccaneers when they selected one Trent Dilfer, and then you had the famous <laughs> Bill Tobin and Mel Kuyper, Chris Mortensen, you know, exchange. We're, we're uh, Mortensen's interviewing Tobin. Kuyper's going crazy about how the Colts take Trev Alberts and not Trent Dilfer. And then one of the most, again, most famous interact two or three minutes of television you've ever seen at the draft involving those three guys. Absolutely. You remember, yeah, I you remember that? that? Absolutely. Remember remember that? Absolutely remember that. And I remember uh, the guy Tobin saying, uh, you know, my mailman is more accurate than Mel Kuyper <laughs> Jr. Uh, let me go ahead and ask my neighbor and everything. And how it works out is, I believe the year afterwards, the Colts actually get to the AFC championship. That year, that year with that Jim Harbaugh. Year, that year with Jim Harbaugh, the Bucks captain comeback, captain yep. comeback. Yep, yep. And the Bucks draft Trent Dilfer, and uh, didn't necessarily work out in the favor of the Bucks. But at the time, you were excited about it because all you heard from Kuiper Jr. is that you know Dilfer was the next big thing you know, big time uh, franchise quarterback arm. I believe also in that draft, you had Heath Shuler. So yeah. Dilfer was, had the better arm. Shuler had more of the accomplishments. Right. And both of those quarterbacks really never did anything with their respective teams until Dilfer, of course, went on to the Baltimore Ravens, won a Super Bowl on the uh, strength of a uh, one of the top defenses of yep. all time in the Baltimore Ravens. But never worked out for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, never. Well, again, Dilfer had his moments with the Buccaneers, but he never consistently wise. He just – and to Trent's – again, I don't think he'd have been a great quarterback. And he would, I don't think he had very good coaching when he was here in Tampa. Very vanilla offenses, it seemed like. Um, you know, Mike Shula, some of that era and all that stuff. So it was interesting to, you know, how all that unfolded. But, yeah, one of the great draft moments of all time on television from, a you know, GM and obviously analyst Mel Kuyper and ESPN and – and, you know, the Colts took Trev Alberts, if you remember, Nebraska, and, you know, didn't have a – didn't last very long in the league with the, with, with the Colts and all that stuff. And, and Trent Dover didn't have a great career either, but just the, the thought of you have to take the quarterback as, all, as opposed to Trev Alberts. So, right. Yeah. Well, I love Kuiper, but, you know, he's, he's had his fair share of misses. I mean, Jimmy Clausen comes to mind. 
the greatness of Mike Williams, uh, you know, USC wide receiver who got drafted by the Lions. I thought he was a high school product, Tampa High School, now coaching, now coaching at Wharton High School as the head football coach. Really? Yes. Been there, been been at Wharton for a couple of years, is doing a real good job at Wharton High School here in Tampa, putting together a good program. But again, Mike Williams was a Tampa kid, went to USC had those three great years with Liner and Reggie Bush and all them guys, and then got overdrafted for the Lions because he liked to – he was a pretty big guy. He liked to eat, seemed like. He was never yeah. in great shape. Well, you turn into a fat tight end. I mean, yeah. that, that just doesn't help uh, your case when you're in the NFL. So, you know, Kuyper said he was going to be a Hall of Fame player and Jimmy Clausen and this guy. This, and I get it. Look, at the end of the day, you're trying to push buttons. You're trying to create ratings. Uh, but he's had his fair share of misses. Sure. He also – created the interest in the nfl yes when people you know tell me all the time i hate kuiper look if you didn't have mel kuiper you wouldn't care about the draft you wouldn't and i care about the draft and this goes all the way back uh when i was like 14 15 years old on uh pasco county public access tv and i have the mel kuiper draft report i bought it i uh somewhere lost it and i had to call kuiper up on the phone he talked to me for a little bit, sent me a, a report, signed it, wish I still had it somewhere. Uh, and I was able to, uh, I, I actually wanted Simeon Rice to be the pick. Of course, he didn't end up being the pick. It ended up being Reagan Upshaw at the time. Uh, but I should have listened to his draft report. But that's a story I got with and, him. And, and, and Kuiper's probably the, he's probably the longest tenured employee at ESPN. He's been there since like 1980. They've yes. been doing the draft coverage ESPN since like 1980 or 81. Yeah. I mean, he's been there 40 years, 40 plus years. It's, it's, it's amazing in itself how the draft has taken off from, you know, an, an event where nobody really cared about. I mean, I think people cared about it, but not as not much now. I mean, I remember the first event I watched was the Tampa Bay Buccaneer draft with Vinny Testaverde. Yep. Do I remember it? No, I remember Vinny Testaverde getting drafted and, you know, yep. spring, uh, you know, 87. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, hoping, you know, that, uh, you know, there was some optimism that it would turn around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do I remember the whole draft or remember moments of the draft? No. But if you're asking me about now the draft in the last 10 to 15 to 20 years, I can absolutely remember moments of that event because let's, of go, over, let's go over a couple mo- uh, venerable moments in buck history draft wise. Yeah. Yes. 1986, Hugh Culverhouse sabotages Bo Jackson's college eligibility at Auburn because he flew, he flew Bo Jackson from Auburn to Tampa, which was at the time illegal and blew up his baseball eligibility at Auburn. And Bo Jackson was an unbelievable baseball player at Auburn. And Bo Jackson from that moment on said, I will never play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers pick him number one overall in 86. Anyways, and they don't get one 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 down of production out of one Bo Jackson. I mean, it's one of the worst draft picks of all time, right? Because the very next year he goes to the Raiders. He's highly productive, of course. Uh, you know, with the the small sample size of his career, was pretty amazing. If he could have stayed healthy, not yep. only baseball but also football. But I, I mean, it's it's one of those things where look, it, it cost the Bucks, right? I mean, he didn't play for him. The very next year, you're drafting number one overall again. So. It's kind of comical how that's uh, – well, not comical, just kind of tragic, if you will, if you're yep. a Bucks fan back then. Because he said he wasn't going to play. There was no way he was going to play for the Bucks, and he didn't. And it didn't right. work out. 
He didn't. He was one of those guys that leveraged his baseball career, you know, and all the all the marketing. He and he was probably the first guy that really leveraged his marketability as far as Bo knows, yeah. you know, all that stuff, you know, all the commercials and all the Nike stuff where he didn't have to play. He could be a baseball guy and sit out for a year. The Raiders end up drafting him the next year, like the eighth, seventh or eighth round. It wasn't even like a high pick. Yeah. Late round pick. And, and you know, obviously, tragically, he had the hip injury. But, you know, he played a few years with the Royals and comes back with the White Sox and all that stuff. It was just interesting how that worked out. And, you know, again, you get Vinny Testaverde the next year. And um, the Bucks still, still to this day, have never had a quarterback sign a second contract with the franchise. Vinny, Trent Dilfer, Test, I mean, not Testaverde, Jameis. Craig Air, I mean, anybody they've drafted. Steve Young. Steve Young. Doug Williams. Never had a second contract. Never. Never. And uh, you, you hope that that kind of turns around with Trask, but you have no idea. You, you really don't because they don't know how to develop a quarterback, but you're exactly right. Are they up there with the Cleveland Browns when it comes to quarterbacks going to the graveyard? I don't necessarily think so. I mean, it could be worse. You could be the Cleveland Browns. Yep. You could be the Chicago Bears who haven't had a quarterback and I don't know. Let's how do long. Some, let's do before we get to the actual Bucks drafting, let's do a little speculation. Yeah. Any chance you think the Bucks could make a play for a Baker Mayfield to get Cleveland to pay a, a, a you know at least half to two thirds of his salary? You trade a low round draft pick to, to Cleveland, a you know, fifth, sixth, fourth, fifth, sixth rounder to where Baker sits. The, the Bucks pay maybe half the salary or a third of the because because he's owed like nineteen million dollars this year and it's guaranteed money so maybe Cleveland picks up ten or twelve million and the Bucks pick up the rest any chance the Bucks pick up a guy like him as a project for a year sit and then they have a competition with Baker and Kyle Trask the following year if Tom Brady decides not to come back I think they're happy with what they have at this point with Kyle Trask. They've even said to Jason Lights, come out and said, look, he would be a top quarterback in this draft. So they're very happy with where okay. they're at. And then on top of it, I don't think the Browns are going to be able to trade him to anybody because everybody knows uh, that Baker wants out of there. It's a terrible situation. They're going to have to release him. And eventually they will release him and he'll go to the Pittsburgh Steelers or wherever he wants to go. There will be not a team out there that I believe, in my opinion, that will trade anything for Baker Mayfield. He'll get released. I, I don't think I don't think anybody's going to trade for him unless Cleveland agrees to pay the you majority know, majority of the salary, probably twelve to fifteen million dollars of that salary. I think a team would make a trade if they could get him for four or five million bucks to be either a backup or a, or a competing for a starting job. And again, a low round draft pick. You're not going to get a number one or two pick for him. You'll be lucky to get a fourth or fifth round pick for. Ba but if I was a team. If I was a Seattle, even a Carolina, I would trade a fourth or fifth round pick and pick up four or five million dollars of his salary to bring him into the fold for a year. I would do that. Well, sure, but you have the you have the greatness of Drew Locke there. So I mean, that's that's <laughs> and Sam Darnold. Don't forget <laughs> right. Sam Darnold. Right. Well, yeah, Drew Locke with Seattle. Geno Smith talked about. Gino. Yeah, Gino. There you go. You got those type of quarterbacks, and then you go to Carolina. You're exactly right. You got Sam Darnold and whoever else is there. So. What a complete disaster, but who knows? I mean, I think Baker Mayfield is released, and I think eventually he'll end up with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I do. I think the Steelers they either that would be a, he, that would be and Baker would go there for next to nothing to be able to stick it to Cle to be able to try to stick it to Cleveland twice this year. But he'd he be would. successful with the Pittsburgh Steelers, in your opinion? 
he could, I mean, he could be okay. And they protect him. I mean, that's what I want to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, and the offensive line, they, and people keep on saying, you know, they may draft, you know, they, they may go after a quarterback. They might be in the QB business. I mean, you'll know, you'll know if Pittsburgh's a viable option if they don't draft a quarterback. A lot of speculation. They Money might picks. take a quarterback. Huh? Not Money Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, the guy who threw six touchdowns versus uh, the Bucks a long time ago when he was with the Bears. So you, you don't have any faith in him? Mitchie, our buddy Mitchie. Build your, build your offensive line. Please, I agree. for the love. All right, speaking of Buccaneer draft parties, there will be a oh. Buccaneer draft party Thursday night, Raymond James Stadium. Our buddy TJ Reeves will be involved with the draft party. Buck sideline reporter, you, we all know TJ. He'll be leading the, the, the Buck party up in the, uh, up in the uh, suites area for some season ticket holders. He'll be hosting a draft party up there, but fans can come to the stadium. I believe they're going to have some stuff on the field for kids and pu- the public. It's a free party at, at Raymond James Stadium. I believe it starts at 4.30ish to like 10 o'clock. Again, remember the Bucks are drafting 27, so it'll be late. If you, stay, if you stay the entire time, it'll be late before the Bucks draft unless they trade up. And there's even a chance the Bucks could trade out of the first round completely and not even draft. So, but, but again, for a good time with the kids, I'm sure they'll have a, a lot of kid-friendly things at the stadium. Thursday night, Raymond James Stadium, Buccaneer draft party. If you're in the area, stop by. If you can, if you can see TJ, tell him the buddy, his buddies at no quarter given told you to show up to the to the to the uh, to Raymond James. So absolutely, I, I went to one of those and uh, I was disappointed. They drafted Mark Barron. Of course, he didn't necessarily work out at the time. Yeah. I thought they were going to draft a Chris uh, Claiborne. I believe it was Claiborne from LSU, or I was looking at a Trent Richardson at the time as running back um, when everybody was high on him. And of course, I believe the Browns drafted him. Uh, he, he turned out to be a bust. So shows what I know at the time, probably the Bucks should have drafted a Luke Keekley, uh, but that's neither here nor there. But I went to one of those parties. It's fun. It's definitely fun. You didn't have to wait that long at the time. I think the Bucks were picking I want to say fifth, and they traded down with Dallas yep. to seven or something, and then they traded they they drafted a Mark Barron. So I went yep. to it before. It's fun. They do a good oh, job yeah. there. It's much job. better when the Bucks pick. I mean, it's not better for the franchise, but when the Bucks are picking early and you get out of there by about nine o'clock or so, nine nine thirty, as sure. opposed to wait until eleven o'clock for the Bucks to be on the clock. But uh, who knows? We'll we'll see what happens. Um, so. Let's get to the Bucks. Back picking 27th overall this year. You know, they got all their, you know, they traded, remember they traded, I think their fifth round pick for Shaq Mason, which mm-hmm. I think that could be a really good move. Mm-hmm. Very valuable pick. Um, they got their second round pick. They got their third round pick. And they got some picks in the later rounds. Let's just focus on the first three rounds or so. Talk to me about your thoughts. What do the Buccaneers go? What are the options? Picking at 27, assuming they don't trade up or trade down. I mean, defensive tackle for me is a big-time need. You look at Nadamik and Sue, even if you re-sign him, he's up there in age, he's still productive, but how long can he last? They get it, you like William Golston, but he's only under a one-year contract. You have Nacho there. Uh, to me, that's a need. And if you can get a Devon, uh, Devontae Wyatt, excuse me, from Georgia, even with the red flags, I think that's what you're looking for to pair him with the Vita Vea. I also think the possibility exists for them to go out and get a, a possibly a wide receivers. Okay. As easy as it sounds, with Chris Godwin and his health situation right now, you're not sure if he's going to be 100%. So if a Traylon Burks from Arkansas is on the board, or even a Dotson, uh, uh, Jahan Dotson from Penn State, 
Yep. That's a possibility with the uh, the speed burning threat there. And then, uh, you know, possibly they could you know, go somewhere else. Maybe offensive line. People think they're going to go guard, with guard. Maybe a guard. I, I don't know if they're going to go guard, and i tell you why. I mean, I get it. You, you can't go wrong with drafting defensive line or offensive line. But you just re-signed an Aaron Stinney. You drafted a Robert Hansey in the third round from Notre Dame. Last year, yep. And you still have depth at that position. And also you traded for a Shaq Mason. I get it. You're trying to fortify that offensive line. Yeah. But if there's other positions of need there, I think you go that direction. But it's certainly a possibility they could go offensive line at Zion Johnson or Kenyon Green from Texas. I'll give you, I'll give you a name that's kind of off the radar. I think you could be sneaky looking at potentially a guy that could fill the linebacking cord. Devontae, Levante David's getting older. You got Kevin Minter who's getting older. You're not sure what you have in K.J. Britt. Nakobe Dean, Georgia, big impact player at Georgia. You know, the only thing that's hurting him, I think, in his combine, I think he's dropped a little bit in the draft because his speed wasn't great at the combine, but that guy's a playmaker. If you watched him at Georgia, he was the quarterback of that linebacking core. He was just one of those kind of playmaking kind of guys, and he's maybe a guy you could groom for a year. Again, Levante's getting older you know, has not been as healthy the last couple of years. He could be a kind of guy that I think could be a great fit as a, as a late first round pick for the Buccaneers. I like it. I, I don't hate it at all because they do have some needs, but look, if you can get a player for that value at 27 and we know how good he was at Georgia, why not? And like he said, Levante David is getting up there in age. So you could go that direction. How about the Michigan defensive end that hurt himself? I mean, he might not play for the majority yep. of the year, but Ajabu, Ajabu, right? I mean, he's a that guy's a force. He's an edge rusher. Uh, you know, maybe you go for him, and but I, I don't know. You got to get a player that's going to come in right away. And the more I look at it, the more you don't I need it. You, but you don't need a guy that's going to play right away. You need know, a guy I, that can that can contribute, but he doesn't have to. He doesn't, he's not going to be pressurized to have to be a starter, which is a great thing. If if it comes down to the wide receiving position and Chris Godwin is not going to be hundred percent and you're not sure how long he's going to play, look at your wide receiving core. At that point, you have Mike Evans and you have Russell Gage. Scotty Miller's very questionable. Can't stay healthy. Tyler Johnson hasn't been able to develop. Yeah. I get it. You invested a fourth round pick in Jalen Darden, but they showed you nothing. And uh, Cyril Grayson, it was a great story last year. Brady liked him. I liked him. I, I he, he came out of nowhere. I thought he was phenomenal. He's got great speed. Can he, why would you pass up on the opportunity to get a wide receiver? And I'm looking at it from the standpoint of even if you know what you have there, that wide receiver room, even if you have a Godwin and Evans, and I, if you have a wide receiver on the board for Tom Brady, where basically that window is closing and you're going all in, why not get one of these wide receivers? I just don't know if you want to have a wide receiver who's probably at best going to be your fourth guy. That's well, my only, that'd be my only concern for this year. Now yeah. I know next, I know again, I know Evans is getting a little older. You right. don't know how you, again, you don't know how long Godwin's going to be, but I think you could get a receiver maybe in the second or third round, pretty deep wide receiver draft. I think you can get a pretty comparable guy in the second or third round that would be as pretty comparable to the guy you're going to get at 28. Now, if it was a Jamison Williams availability, that's a different story or an Alave, but I don't know if Jahan Dotson is that kind of impact guy at the NFL level that you would, that you would, I would say waste a first round pick on him, but I think you could get 
very comparable value, cheaper in the second or third round. Makes lots of sense, but I tell you right now, you ask Dennis Phillips of ABC Action News. He's a Penn State fan. He loves this kid, Dotson. In fact, yeah. he says he's a playmaker. So he's not the typical Bucks wide receiver that they draft, but they really don't have that speed, right? I mean, we need a speed guy. Yes. Guy. You have Scotty Miller, Jalen Darden. I, I don't yeah. see it consistently on tape. Right. Dotson can run some routes, and because of the luck that the Bucks have had, uh, especially with the Chris Goblin coming out of Penn State, why not? So, and they could also go tight end. I mean, everybody assumes that Gronk is going to come back, but still, there's, Gronk is up there in age. So, I don't think I, I don't think there's a tight end in the draft that's worthy of a first round pick. It's not a very great tight end draft. There's one or two guys that are decent. I don't think there's any impact first round guys. I think second or third round is where you'll see a tight end for the Buccaneers. Because again, you're right; they need a young tight end in the room. Because again, the moment Tom Brady says he's really done. Gronkowski's done. You're probably going to move on from Cam Bray, to be honest, because he's he's approaching 30. He's getting up there. He's got a high salary cap figure. So yeah. again, you need you need a young tight end in the room that can be a that can be a ball catcher for you. You, you lost OJ Howard. So I think he's again, don't be surprised if the Bucks draft again, middle rounds, a running back. If if one of these good running backs slips in the fourth round, they'll probably draft a running back because as much as we like Leonard Fournette, you know. You can't. Have, you always need two running backs, and there's not. And in in our Vaughn Keyshawn Vaughn hasn't established himself as the clear number two. I think he he improved greatly last year, and I think they like him, but he hasn't defined himself as clearly the number two guy. Yeah, and you're exactly right. And you may be able to get a player like uh, you know uh, Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M, yeah. who they've been yeah. very interested in. You know his speed. It's four, six, you know, it's not the best, but you don't necessarily need a speed running back. What you need is a guy that can catch the ball consistently, a guy that can pass protect and, you know, not put the ball on the ground. And they didn't have that in Ronald Jones, losing a Ronald Jones. Yep. You have a Leonard Fournette, you have a Keyshawn Vaughn who invested a third round pick, but again, you're not sure about him. And then you also have a, a Giovanni Bernard. So I would not be surprised if they can get some value in that second, third, fourth round with the running back, even, uh, possibly a Pierce out of Florida. You know, yep. maybe he's the player that you look at. Let's talk about the influence of Todd Bowles versus Bruce Arians in the draft room. It sounds like Coach Bruce will be in the draft room involved in that. But how, what do you think? How do you think the evaluations of Todd Bowles as the head coach when it comes to defensive guys, will, be, will it be any different than it was in previous years as far as influencing Jason Lighton? Hey, I want a safety. Hey, I can use another cornerback. How do you think that dynamic will work between Jason Light and Todd Bowles? As the same. I think it's a collective unit. I mean, Jason Light talked about this last week, how B.A. was going to be in the draft room. Of course, yep. uh, Bowles now being the head coach, you know, his decision, his decisions carry weight because he is the head coach of this team. But I think yep. as a collective unit, and they talked about this, Jason, you know, 90% they've got done. They've probably got it all done at this point. So I don't think anything changes. And I think that's the great thing about, B.A. going to the front office, Todd Bowles, assuming the head coaching duties because you're not losing that dynamic and also uh, you're not, you know, changing anything up. It's going to be the same at that point. I think they continue to do what they do, which is come together. They have a brain trust there. They understand what players they want. And as Jason Light said in his presser last week, we're going to go out there and get the best players we can to contribute to this team. And one last thing on the defensive side, obviously you have from a cornerback perspective, you have your re-signed Carlton Davis, but you have Jamel Dean and Murphy Bunny going into the last year of their deals. Both aren't coming back. Most likely one, they might keep one or the other. 
Both aren't coming back, so you need to refortify the cornerback spot. So, again, maybe second, third, fourth round, that those middle three rounds, look for a cornerback to come off the board as a, as a young guy to, to, to develop into this system in the Todd Bowles defense. Is it out of the realm of possibility that they could trade down or just stay at 27 and take possibly an Andrew Booth from Clemson? I mean, is that, is no. that out of the realm of possibility? No. It's not. So I, it's hard to figure out because you're picking – you know, so low here, 27, you're not yep. picking high, you're picking low. So it depends on how the board plays out. And of course, who's on the Bucks board at the end of the day, right? And how many wide receivers? I think we've always talked about Jason powers, you know, the quarterbacks, the quarterback movement in this draft this year, it's kind of different because the receivers and how many teams need receivers and how they lost receivers this year from free agency deals and trades. So yep. I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic. And who knows? Maybe there's a player there. Like I've I've heard you know, Kyle Hamilton at a Notre Dame possibly getting out of that top 10, as crazy as it sounds. You watched him against Florida State. You saw how much he could cover. If Kyle Hamilton is on the board, I'm not saying he's going to be at 27, but let's say he was. Let's say he was there at 24. And you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you trade up at that point? You would run. You would make the deal and, and run run your run your card to the to the to the, to the announcer. Right, because it comes back to you know who's on the board at that point. Remember sure. OJ Howard? I mean, I was a Dalvin Cook fan. I thought the Bucks should have taken Dalvin Cook. Yeah. I think I've been proven to be correct on this because Cook has turned out to be a better NFL player, albeit yep. Yep. with some of the injury stuff, but. OJ Howard, you know, at the time was considered, you know, not falling out of that top 10. Right. He falls all the way to what? Number 19, the Bucks 19, run to the yep. and take them. Yep. Well, didn't work out, but I get it. You're getting more value there because supposedly you have a top 10 player at the time he gets out. Uh, that's when you got to start looking at it. So you never know what's going to happen in the NFL draft. That's why I love it so much. And ultimately Buck fans, remember this again, you listen to the no quarter given podcast, Jason and Peter. Most teams that win big, they dominate in the middle rounds of the draft. The, the three through sixth round, yeah. when you find starters out of those four rounds, those are the teams that typically are sustainable for the course of years. And the Bucks have had some success in the last several years. All the good teams over the years have been the great drafters in the third through sixth rounds. You find guys in the third round that are less expensive. You're able to find starters, quality contributors, it's not about the first round necessarily rare. Again, that's 50% hit and miss. It's about what do teams do in rounds three through seven that really define a roster, the bottom 10 guys on a roster. How good are you drafting? How good are you at un identifying undrafted free agents? The guys that are signed right after the drafts over it's all, it's not just about the first round draft pick that, that forms these teams and creates these winning cultures. It's about undrafted guys, third through seventh round. Absolutely. And you look at the value there. You have a Edwards, a Dean uh, Murphy bunting in the second round. I mean, they have definitely made out even Ali Marpet, I believe was a third yep. round pick. So you've done quite well. You've also done quite well in the first round. And I go back to the Super Bowl year, you get Tristan Wirfs who comes in, you only have to, you trade up one spot, yep. you give up a fourth round pick bucks fans are grumbling at that point. Probably the best, one of the best picks in Buccaneer history right there with Tristan Wharfs and then Antoine Winfield in the second round. Unbelievable uh, drafts by Jason Light. And that's the reason why this team is on the cusp every year, not only being a playoff contender, but also a Super Bowl one. Here's one thing I, I again, if you're a Bucks fan, consider this as well. 
from the thinking of Jason Light. The, the thought is maybe you only have Brady for one more year, meaning maybe you trade out of the first round to accumulate some more picks either this year or next year because if Tom Brady pulls the plug and is gone after next year, you're going to need to – they're going to lose a lot of these veterans that are making big money. They're going to – they won't be in a full rebuild, but they'll be in a, some version of a rebuild. And if you have assets next year to be able to draft young guys and some high-round picks or draft multiple guys this year – to give them a year to groom to be able to play next year, that's something if you're Jason Light, you have to really think about. Or, you know, uh, in the same breath there, maybe you trade up because you're going all in and you're going to have, what, $30, $32 million dead cap possibly if Brady walks away. You have to win a Super Bowl this year. There's a player. Teams want to trade down. Yeah, you're going to give up a first-round pick, but guess what? that player is going to come in and be impactful either offensively or defensively. Maybe you go that direction. Maybe you do. So that's the intrigue of the draft. And, and again, these GMs have to think about all the scenarios because, again, they can only control their pick. They don't know what's happening in and around them. Somebody's going to jump them to get the guy they want. Yeah. There's all that kind of drama that happens. So um, that's why we all watch the NFL draft. Peter, will you be watching all three days or are you just kind of a first, second, first, second day guy? Well, I'm hoping to cover it on the sports web now. Yeah. I'm not sure where Amped Up Sports is going to be, so you're going to have to uh, check in to see where that's going to happen. Uh, but definitely going to watch all three days of it. Curious to see what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the rest of the National Football League, especially the NFC South, because you look at the Saints, two first-round draft picks. Atlanta, what are they going to do? And, of course, the Carolina Panthers. You know, there's a possibility they could take a quarterback. I don't think Atlanta's taking a quarterback, although they should have taken one last year. And what will the Saints do? Will they take a quarterback? Will they go with Jameis Winston? Will they address the offensive line? Will they get another wide receiver to compliment Michael Thomas? These are all the things that I'm considering watching the next three days in the NFL draft. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. Let's do the NFL draft. Let's go. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I, and I think if you look at the, at the division – I think Atlanta's in a full rebuild. I think they're going to draft, you know, they got Mariota on the roster now as the quarterback. You know, I think they're in a rebuild situation. Stop right there. When you said Mariota is your quarterback, basically you're going in a full rebuild. You're looking for a yep. quarterback next year, hopefully young out of Alabama or somebody uh, like that. So I, I think you got to go wide receiver, don't you? I mean, I get it. You have Cordell Patterson, but who's the number one wide receiver on this team? Oh, they don't have anybody. They're going to take the best. They, they, I mean, they, they got so many needs. My point is Atlanta's going to be in a rebuild. Carolina's kind of in a rebuild. You know, they've got to show some progress to save rules job. They're the one team that could take a quarterback theoretically. At, I think they're drafting at six. They're one of the pivot points. You know, speculation says they're not going to – they could be – that could be a landing spot for Baker Mayfield potentially to compete with Sam Darnold, who knows. But, again, Matt Rule, he doesn't have to make the playoffs, I don't think but he has to show some drastic improvement this year in Carolina to save his job, I think. And then, but Carol, but New Orleans, I think they're going with Jameis this year for at least one year. So skill players, they need some help at wide receiver. They need some help in the back end. Mel, uh, Malcolm Jenkins retired. They need some help there. Dennis Allen's a defensive minded coach. So don't be surprised if they take defense with one of the two picks, but you're right. They need a skill guy in New Orleans for sure to help whoever the quarterback is in New Orleans. Yeah, Chris Alave at Ohio State. I mean, uh, why fix it when it's not broke? Michael Thomas, uh, when he's not holding out or getting injured, has done pretty well for them out of, yep. out of the Ohio State University. Yep. So why not go with Alave? 
He's got that speed thread. He can run some good routes. And then possibly Kyle Hamilton is on the board. You go with him or you go with an offensive lineman because you lost Armstead to the Miami Dolphins. And you yeah. know, what I always say, you got to protect your quarterback. Jameis Winston is coming off an injury. What better way to then, you know, to get a left tackle there, you know, possibly uh, uh, pinning uh, from, uh, from, I believe it's TCU. Is he from TCU? Maybe that's the wrong college. Okay. Yeah. Pinning. All right. Let's go on the record. Give me yeah. an official first round draft pick Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Staying at 27. Wow. Give it to me. Who you got? I, I got to go with, I'm going to go with Devontae White. I think they're going to go defense. I, I actually kind of subscribe to your theory. I think this team has to change. Todd Bowles is a defensive-minded coach. As much as I like to see a wide receiver on the board, I'm not sure if there is one, maybe a Burks. But I think they may pass on him. I think they go with White out of Georgia. You got to get younger at that position. I get it. You like Sue. You like Golston, but they're not getting any younger. And you got to get back to your defense, rushing the quarterback, no matter yeah. if it's Mariota or Baker Mayfield or whoever it is. At the end of the day, you know, Jameis Winston, you got to get after the quarterback. Your defense has to get better. And the only way you do that is doing it in the trenches by getting younger. Wyatt, to me, could be the pick. At number 27, and I, my prediction, he is the pick. Okay, I'm going to Kobe Dean, Georgia, linebacker. Pick for the future. I think he's a quarterback kind of guy. He's a, he's a you know, he'll be a good compliment for, he'll learn under, under uh, obviously, Devin White and uh, Levante for a year. Again, this could be the last year, last run for Levante, depending on what, you know, who knows. Again, he's getting older. But I'm, I'm going to Kobe Dean if he's there at 27. You know, there's been some questions about his speed and all that, but I I like what I see out of Nicobe Dean. He I think he's an NFL speed running back, speed linebacker, good blitzer and all that. So give me Nicobe Dean, 27 to the Buccaneers. I like it. I still like it. I like the pick. I think he can get a good player there at 27. And everything we hear from Adam Schefter today, everybody wants to trade down. So we shall see what happens, Jason Powers. And I think the consensus is there's, there's probably – a group of 10 guys that are the elite 10 guys. And then probably from 10 to like 40, there's not much difference between the 10th guy and the 40th guy, especially at the non wide receiver positions. I think receivers kind of the most, the richest position in the draft in the first couple of rounds this year. But I think from 10 to 40, there's not a whole big gap between the quality of player. I don't think from what I've heard. Uh, and first round pick there with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the first overall pick. Do you believe this nonsense that they would go with the Trayvon Walker from Georgia over at Aiden Hutchinson? Hutchinson to me is a finished product, but that's not a bad yeah. thing. It could be Joey Bosa right there. And you're Max Crosby kind of guy, a guy right. with a, yep. I think if you're Jacksonville, you have to hit a, you have to hit a, a double. Do you need a grand slam with the number one pick? You don't, but you got to have a contributing guy. That's not going to have any issues off the field. You had all the turmoil with Urban Meyer. You got a new coaching staff, Doug, Doug Peterson. You know, I don't think you can, if you're drafting one, you got to have a guy that you know is going to be on your roster for eight or nine years. He may not be a Hall of Famer, but you got to have a guy that's going to be highly productive. And Trayvon Walker has all the measurables, but not a lot of on-field production when he was at Georgia. Now, he may turn out to be great. I don't know. Right. But, but you know Hutchinson's done it at the college level at a big program. It's a safe pick. And you just took a chance last year on a college coach. You took all these chances. It's time to draft the safe guy. And that's the problem with Trim Bulky, who's the general manager there. I was looking at a statistic tonight. 
Most of his picks, 41% of his picks don't last seven years or more. That, that right there is an indictment. How does he still have a job, Jason Bowers, with the Jacksonville Jaguars? And that's the reason why they're picking number one overall in this draft on Thursday night. That's the reason. And remember the Miami Dolphins keeping in town with the, with the state with the state teams. No first round pick because of the Tyreek Hill trade. So that goes to Kansas City. So you can't blame Miami. That's a good trade for them. You get you get the mo, you know the most electrifying guy in the league to come to Miami. So got him signed up for a long term deal. So they won't be picking unless they were to trade back into the first round. But uh, not much coming out of Miami as far as the first couple of days of the draft. But again, if you're the Jaguars, you need players. Get solid players that can play. You know, you got Trevor Lawrence in year two. Etienne's coming back. You made a couple free agent splashes with a couple guys on the offensive side, but you got to fortify the trenches. Say what we want about skilled players and all that. The Buccaneers have been successful in the last few years because the offensive line has been really good and the defensive line has been productive. So in the trenches, never go wrong. Never fails if you if you try to fortify the trenches. And why not for the Jaguars to go with an offensive lineman? Let's protect our quarterback. And that would be uh, who again? If you go offensive line, probably the kid from North Carolina State. Yeah. Or Maybe you know, Evan Neal. Evan Neal from Alabama. And you protect the Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I mean, and let's face it. He was yeah. so shocked last year. He was. You not a lot of help. Ruined, you may have ruined that quarterback psyche. And that's what you got to worry about. You know, because that guy could turn into David Carr just like that. So you got to protect your quarterback. So I have no problem with going with an offensive lineman number one overall if he's worth it. No, you're right. It's it's For a premium. A walker, yeah, I just again, it's it's Miles Garrett territory. Yeah, I, and he's had a good career. Give Miles Garrett credit. Miles he's, Garrett, yes, he has, but yeah. he had he has more production than Walker does. That's oh, way more. Oh yeah, yeah, he had way more production in college. Right. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. No, no doubt about it. So. I think if you're the Jags, I think you'll see him. Though he's the betting favorite, Trayvon Walker. If you look, all the gambling websites, he's the betting favorite to go number one, which means somebody knows something. They usually know something in Las Vegas. Would you bet on that? I would pass because I can tell you what: if they don't take Aiden Hutchinson, Detroit's going to sprint to the to the podium and and put Aiden Hutchinson on the card. He's a, he's a local Michigan guy. It's perfect. It's a perfect player. And then on top of it, he has that, he has that, uh, yeah, that mental stability, I think, to handle. He's a Dan Campbell type of guy. Yeah. Midwest guy, guy tough yes. guy. Yes. Yeah. Nothing athletically gifted about him. He just gets it done. He reminds me of Joey Bosa. He's like, well, you know, Walker is more of a ceiling and all this. Come on, man. Just you, you stop overanalyzing this. Right. Go for the player that was highly productive. And I'll take him all day long in a Lions uniform. I'll tell you right now, I'm excited about the Lions. I mean, I, I liked what they did last year. They played hard for that coach. I, I hope they win in that division. Give Aaron Rodgers and Minnesota Vikings all the problems they can handle. And doing that, Hutchinson would be a good start. No, I got you. I got you. All right. So Peter Blake says, Devontae, Devontae Wyatt, Georgia. I'm going another Georgia's teammate, Nakobe Dean, linebacker. That is our official on-the-record prediction. No quarter given. Buccaneers first-round draft pick. If they make the pick at 27, that's who we got. Peter Blake, tell everybody where you're going to be, where they can find you all throughout the week and draft night. 
Absolutely. We'll be on the sports web live on Facebook on amped up sports. I love St. Pete and the hub of course, like, and subscribe the sports web on YouTube and do three things for me on this draft special here on the no quarter given podcast. Bring the passion, bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. And remember Buccaneer draft party, Raymond James stadium, Thursday night. Go if you see TJ Reeves, say hello. Where are you gonna be? That's a good question. I've I've got to actually I have to I have to referee a girls' flag football playoff game out in BFE, part of Hillsborough <laughs> County. <laughs> There's no way you can get out of that, huh? Well, it, the game will be over about eight o'clock, so I'll be done about eight. So it'll probably be by the time I drive back from BFE, part of Hillsborough County. I'll probably be back by probably the eighth or ninth pick of the draft. I'll be able to listen to it on the radio on the way home and all that. So I'll be, I'll be, I'll be sitting probably on my couch. Maybe I might go somewhere. I might go somewhere for an hour or so. What maybe somewhere to watch an hour of the draft, but most likely when the bucks are picking, I'll be sitting on my couch watching the bucks pick. Well, I tell you right now, you know, there's always a spot on the sports web. If you want to come on, give us some analysis of what's going on with the draft. You know, I'll just send the link. No, I'm not sure where I'm going to be. I don't care, but I'll, I'll send you the link. We're the tag team partners of the world. My friend, I mean, let me me know guy. I picked a Georgia guy. I mean, uncle TJ right now, Freddie Blassie, uh, you pencil neck geek. That's what he's saying. You better uh, agree on something there with us so uh love we'll be in touch draft night no doubt and our buddy paul stewart will probably be watching the draft actually talk i'm not sure if he'll be watching it live or not live from england it'll be late night in england when the bucks pick what time it'll probably probably be when the bucks pick it'll be three or four in the morning in england wow so i don't know if paul stewart's gonna be watching i think he would pick the first round i'd like to hear from paul stewart and, and how many drafts he's watched that late i mean he must love when the bucks pick early I don't know if he watches them. I, I don't know. It sounds like he's not the biggest draft fan watching the draft, talking to him. I don't think he's the biggest fan of watching it. He probably right. tapes it and watches it the next morning, but I don't know if he's up at 4 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, watching the Bucks pick 15th overall or 27th overall, whatever you know, whatever given the year is. It was so weird last year because I had COVID during the draft time. So – you don't know what to think at that point. I wasn't able to cover it because I eventually left the platform I was a part of. And of course I was sick. So I got a chance to watch it, but it didn't seem like it was, you know, the same because I wasn't able to be behind a mic or cover it or talk. Yeah. To fans. So I'm making up for it this year, baby. I'm making up for all that time lost last year. One more nugget for the Bucks fans. We'll get out of here. If you don't see Mel Kuyper live in Las Vegas. It's because he didn't get vaccinated. He'll be on zoom from his bunker, wherever he's at in Maryland, Baltimore, I think he's at. So you'll see probably McShay, Mike Greenberg, Lewis Riddick on the, on the table in Las Vegas. Um, you also won't see Kirk Herbstreet on the, on the broadcast, on the ABC broadcast. He had some medical issue going on this week, so he will not be a part of the draft coverage. So hopefully you get better Kirk Herbstreet. So if you're watching ABC and looking for Herbstreet, he won't be there. Um, wow. All the guys are gone. They should hire us. That's right, man. Let's all get hired. Let's do the draft. How cool would that be? Have you ever been to a draft? I have not. That has to be on our bucket list, tag team partner of the world. We got to make this happen. We got to go to a draft one year. And well, eventually, the, the way they're rotating it around, eventually it'll hit. It'll come to Tampa. 
Well, it comes to Tampa, we're going and we're covering it somehow. Somehow, absolutely, why. we're doing it. Absolutely, you got it, man. All right, all right folks, thanks for tuning in. Remember, no quarter given podcast on all your podcast platforms. Tell your friends, tell your colleagues. Love to hear from you. Got any comments? Let us know. Thanks to Paul Stewart, BuckPower.com. And we will see you probably training camp. We'll probably be the next episode we do, unless there's some major breaking news that we don't know about. But we'll probably see you for a training camp edition of the No Quarter Given podcast. We've got some ideas for next year as well. So be on the lookout. Thanks for tuning in. Blake, we will see you soon. Yes, sir. We'll see you next time on the No Quarter Given podcast. Go Bucks! Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag buccaneer foe when we come back with another No Quarter Given podcast. And make sure for the best in historical buck coverage, you go to buckpower.com. And as always, keep listening to the buckpower.com podcast network.